Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. It's not quite straight up two o'clock on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one. The only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? Technically, it's one fifty-eight yeah. in the afternoon. So yeah. It's not quite straight up to o'clock here. I'm Bernsey Gambo. Well, there's a reason for that. There is a reason. There's a very good reason uh, why we're on a couple of minutes early. Because Gambo was tired of getting in late. That's, that's exactly what it is. Gambo demanded that we be on at 2 o'clock, so exactly. we're on at 2 o'clock, damn it. So, <laughs> no. so now a four-hour and three-minute show. <laughs> no, that's not the case at all, though that wouldn't surprise me if one day that comes to pass. No, we're on early. Because we are in anticipation of Michael Bidwell, the principal owner, chairman, and president of the Arizona Cardinals, holding a press conference in which he's going to talk about the firing of Cliff Kingsbury as head coach and the stepping down of Steve Keim as general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Both of those happened this morning, right about 10 a.m. The assembled media are gathered down at the Cardinals headquarters. We're expecting that Michael Bidwell will take the podium right around 2 o'clock, so we wanted to give ourselves plenty of runway on this one to make sure we didn't miss anything that he had to say. It's our intention to bring most, if not all, of that press conference to you. We'll kind of monitor it from back here, and if it feels like we're starting to spin our wheels a little bit, then maybe we'll cut out of it. But uh, these opportunities to hear from Michael, certainly yeah. moments like this are kind of rare, so I think we want to make sure we hear everything he has to yeah, say. Yeah, listen, I, I'm really curious to see, is Adrian Wilson with him? Is Quentin Harris with him? Or is he by himself? Does he have his you know, assistant and his assistant GMs with him at this time um, to answer some questions, or is it going to be Michael and Michael alone you know, taking all the questions and giving all the answers. So I'm anticipating that. But what we do know, obviously, is that Cliff Kingsbury has been fired with four years left on his, on a fully guaranteed contract that the Cardinals have decided to move on from him. And that Steve Kime, who took a health-related leave of absence, is stepping down from his role as the general manager. So the Arizona Cardinals will start this next season with a new general manager and a new head coach. Who those guys are, we don't know. But we do know is that there are names that are starting to come out of interview requests at the GM spot, not the coach, but the GM spot for the Arizona Cardinals right now. Those uh, three names that have come out so far are Ian Cunningham, the assistant general manager of the Chicago Bears. He worked uh, for the Ravens for several years, the Eagles for several years. Rand Carthon, who's the director of player personnel for the San Francisco 49ers, and Adam Peters, who's the assistant general manager of the San Francisco 49ers as well. Those are the three names through reports, Gambo, to your point, that have been um, reported on as people that the Cardinals have asked permission for. Now, what we're, we're kind of in the blind here. We don't have a reporter down at the headquarters, but we do have a live connection with the headquarters. So we're basically quite frankly, waiting for the sound of Michael's voice or Mark Dalton's voice or somebody's voice from the Cardinals to let us know that this is about to begin. And as soon as it does, we will send it down to the Cardinals training facility and we'll carry that press conference live for you. I I think safe to say you and I both, let's add our voice to a chorus here. We expected this to come. We weren't quite sure when or how or what exactly it would look like, but I think anything other than the announcement we got today from the organization would have been a surprise, wouldn't you? 
you agree? I, I do. I think that we kind of all anticipated for a while now that it was going to be a decision to move on from both the coach and the GM to the point where I think we've speculated over the last few weeks about do they reach out to Sean Payton? What about Harbaugh? What about D'Amico, uh, D'Amico Ryans? What, what other candidates are out there? And, you know, and then whether Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris would take the role as general manager or they go outside the organization. So it was a lot of speculation, but it was, it, it was, it was the belief that they just could not stand pat after what is one of the single worst seasons on and off the field in Arizona Cardinals football history. I mean, two coaches had to be fired for misconduct and obviously a tremendous amount of injuries, couldn't win games at home, were in the playoffs last year, and now they've got the third pick in the draft. I mean, the third worst team in the National Football League this year. The third worst. Um, contract extensions to the quarterback and the GM and the coach, and it, it just seemed like to come back with anything similar to what you had this year was going to be a big mistake. Yeah, and the, the organization has acted accordingly with it when it comes to that. Now, and believe me, most of our show today, if not all of our show, is going to be kind of dedicated to what next, which is why this press conference with Michael is so important. It's going to really kind of set the tone, not only for our show, but for this entire search. What direction does it go? In-house, out Outside the house, uh, is Sean Payton a candidate? With the, I don't expect necessarily Michael to address all of this, or at least to give firm answers on all of this. Are the Cardinals willing to give up draft pick compensation for Sean Payton? If so, how far are they willing to go? How much in terms of compensation would they be willing to pay Sean Payton? That's not going to be cheap by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there's you know going outside the organization, especially at the general manager's position. That is something that has not happened with the Cardinals organization in a long, long, long time. Right, it's either been Rod Graves or Steve Kime or people in house. Um, those are all questions that I think Michael's press conference will yeah. start to set the tone for today. And, and we do know this: there's only been two coaches fired today on Black Monday, Lovey Smith and Cliff Kingsbury. But there were three coaches that lost their jobs. In, during the season, you had the head coach of Denver, you had the uh, the Indianapolis head coach, and the Carolina head coach. They all lost their jobs. So three firings were made in season two now. But with that being said, there could also be several more openings. You know, does does McCarthy get blown out if Dallas gets beat in the first round? Does Staley get blown out if the Chargers get beat? Does McVeigh step aside to take a TV Those job? Are three biggies. So that's a three three big jobs. So you know that's the situation where you look at. Okay, is, are some of these coaches going to be patient to? See if one of those jobs open up, if you're a Jim Harbaugh or a Sean Payton. And then if you're the Cardinals, you definitely want to get your GM in-house before you hire a coach because that GM needs to have a say in, in who that coach is going to be. Unless you're planning on hiring a football czar like Sean Payton, in which case it would probably happen the other yeah. way, right? In which Sean Payton would likely come in first and then probably bring in his own hand his own guy, manager, right. who would, which would be a stark departure from typically how things are done here. I mean, you have to really go back to the Buddy Ryan era, frankly, to find an arrangement like that. I guess Denny Green, to a certain extent, too, kind of had a little bit more general manager power than maybe your typical garden variety coach would in building that roster. And obviously, he built a pretty good one with that draft that he hit on early in the 2000s. These are all questions that are kind of swirling around in our brain to try to figure out. And of course, if they go in-house, Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson, there's already been a report that the Titans have requested an interview with Quentin Harris to talk about their vacant general manager job, so maybe there's a commodity in-house. Vance Joseph certainly is a candidate to be head coach, um, given that he's got the 
experience of having been the Broncos head coach before. Certainly, I think he fits the leadership bill. Um, but I, I, I don't want to speak for the whole fan base. I don't know if I can. It does feel as if the fan base would really like the Cardinals organization to go outside and do something different, drastically yeah. different from top to bottom when it comes to top this Top to hire. bottom, a new approach, a new voice, a new look. It would be, it would be a lot of the, it feel like it's a lot of the same if it was Vance. All right. Uh, we understand Michael Bidwell just walked into the room. We're getting kind of, uh, we're, we're hitting sound from the open mic. So I imagine at any point you'll hear the voice of either Michael Bidwell or an executive with the Cardinals who will introduce Michael Bidwell, one of the two. But you'll be listening to live coverage of that here. Let's go down to Cardinals headquarters. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Michael Bidwell. I'm president of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. I'm here today. It's one of the hardest days. It is the hardest day in uh, uh, the football life, and that's when you've got to part ways with people uh, that you respect and appreciate all their contributions. Um, one has been with us for 25 years. Uh, who has let us know that he is leaving the organization and has left the organization and uh, going to focus on his health and I want to thank Steve for his contributions and wish him well um, and then Cliff Kingsbury I mean somebody who I've really grown to uh, like and appreciate uh, just a great man I, I've been around this organization my entire life and I don't know any coach that has worked harder than Cliff Kingsbury. He has put in countless hours. And we had a good long conversation today um, in which I told him I, I, I'm really sorry because this is a tough decision. Uh, but at the same time, it was a decision that needed to be made. And um, I wished it could have worked out better for him because in terms of putting in the effort, there's a guy that really deserved to have the outcome that we were all expecting a year ago or so. So um, the search has started for both the general manager and for a head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide. I'm doing it differently than we've done it in the past. Uh, I've already been on the phone setting up uh, interviews and uh, speaking with people I respect around the NFL, getting their input on the best candidates out there. Uh, we are going to look at internal candidates and external candidates and, um, again, cast the net far and wide. We're not looking at particularly offense or defense. Uh, we're looking for some two candidates that are extremely strong. The preference is to get a general manager in place first, but if that doesn't happen, we're not going to be afraid to hire the right head coach. And um, so we're looking forward to uh, moving forward on, on those interviews. I've already interviewed two internal candidates for general manager, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I've also interviewed one external candidate, uh, and we've got interviews later this week. And we're trying to set up right now different interviews. I'd also say that I've spoken to uh, a number of our players and have uh, appointments to set up uh, and speak with uh, a number of our leaders in the locker room to continue conversation to get their input uh, and to see how we can, we can uh, get the Cardinals turned around. Uh, we all thought over the last three seasons, uh, or the prior three seasons, that we would take the next step up af after having 
achieved a playoff appearance last year. It didn't happen. The people in this room and our fans know all the reasons why, dating back to last year, that different factors that, that worked against us, still not an excuse. And we expected better. I expected better, and we deserve better. And that's what our community wants. It's what our fans want. It's what the players want. It's what everybody in this organization wants. So we're going to proceed, and uh, we're, we've been working hard. Uh, and I've been on and off the phone since uh, early this this morning, had the conversation uh, uh, in the, this morning with Cliff and, and spoke last week with, with uh, Steve uh, about um, him focusing on his health. Again, want to wish him well and, uh, and, and appreciate all his contributions. So I'm happy to open it up for questions. Michael, when you say you'll do it differently than you have in the past, can you provide some additional details on how it will be different? Sure. The, the, the league, through uh, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, of which I'm a member, has some additional um, uh, requirements as we go through the process. There, there's a list of things that, you know, I don't know that you want me to get into all those things, but obviously this year uh, I won't have a general manager by my side, but I've got uh, the benefit of uh, reaching out to a number of uh, folks around the league, current general managers, uh, as well as other respected league executives about who the best and brightest are out there. I'd also say because of what we've done with diversity, equity, and inclusion in the NFL, I've now had access and an ability. We've had two accelerator programs this year, one in May and one uh, just last month in Dallas. And that gave us an ability to do, um, you know, to, to visit with and get to know a number of the, the up-and-coming GM and personnel candidates. And so I already feel, feel like we've, uh, we, we've started down that, that road. And, uh, and so I'm, uh, these won't be the first conversations I've had with a number of these folks, not knowing that uh, where, where we'd be today back in May or even last month. So I think it's been a very good um, uh, process that the NFL has is, is created, and it's given uh, me and us a real head start. Is there a sense of urgency knowing that there are other positions open right now across the league? Oh, yes. There's an incredible sense of urgency. And uh, believe me, I've been, uh, uh, like I said, on the phone and exchanging texts and messages and phone calls and uh, and getting the input of um, a lot of folks and trying to get a 360-degree view of a number of candidates. And we're also not done looking at it. Um, you know, there is no fixed list at this point. I'm trying to throw the, the net cast the net as far and wide as I can. What's missing from this team when you look at it, besides the injuries and the off-field, off-field stuff that happened this year, what's, what's missing that caused you to make this change? Well, I think when when you look at the totality of the season, there were a lot of things, whether it was hop suspension or, or injuries or, or some of the other things that, that occurred. I think the number one thing is, you know, we need, we need to really make sure that we're getting the most out of those players and that the players are uh, 100% committed to making sure that we do everything we can do. And I've been speaking to some of our leaders, and uh, they're, we want to make sure that we've got the culture of that locker room, the culture of our uh, organization really focused on maximum effort and making sure we do everything we can do to win the NFC West. What do you 
You're listening to live coverage of Michael Bidwell's press conference here on the Burns and Gambo Show well, in Arizona you Sports. You all know that um, I want to give the have the benefit of looking at an entire season, and I'm not going to make any decisions uh, without having the benefit of that. And so I wanted to take in all 17 games over the 18-week season. And so, you know, obviously I've been seeing how the team was performing, but I wanted to have the benefit of all uh, 18 weeks to see how we were we were responding. Michael, Mike, where does where does Kyler fit into this, or, and does he in terms of? Uh, you said you didn't necessarily want an offensive or defensive coach, but does he, his presence does that play a factor in any of this? I think so. I mean, right now he's obviously he's re, re, recovering from a surgery and will be rehabbing in the off season. Uh, but I think the the big thing is he remains a dual threat, uh, incredibly explosive player, and uh, you know he's going to recover from this injury, and and we're going to have uh, a great player come back next year, and so I. Think I think it's really important for us to make sure that we we don't lose sight of that and let's not lose sight of 13 months ago we were 12 and 2 we're the hottest team in the league just 13 months ago and so you've you've all seen it there are teams that have been down a few years ago uh, that have flipped around and now are in the playoffs so I feel like we can be a quick turnaround we've got to get the right head coach the right general manager in here and that we can do that we've got a lot of talent on this team and we need to recover from these injuries, get back to uh, focusing on, you know, what are the things that we need to be doing to win the NFC West? And that's ultimately what we need to do, because that's going to give us the ability to host a home playoff game and then uh, and then hopefully get hot and move on to the divisional and the conference and the Super Bowl after that. That's the goal. When did the disconnect between you and Clip happen? I'm assuming there was one, or this wouldn't I don't know if there's a disconnect. There was just performance on the field. I think he put in uh, maximum effort. He he was in here, as I said earlier. There's, I've, throughout my lifetime, I've never seen a coach put in more time. And uh, there were just a lot of bad breaks this year, and I think we got to the point to where it was just time for a change. You okay with kind of light workouts and camp and walkthroughs and kind of maybe more physical practices? Are you okay with the way he ran this ship? Well, those, you know, again, he did that uh, two years ago, and we ended up at uh, 12 and 2 just 13 months ago. And then, you know, what happened is we were making progress for through the first three seasons, and then we really regressed this year. And I think we got to a point to where it was just time time to go in a different direction. Did you consider considering the suspension, all the injuries, I mean, offensive line, Kyler, the skill players, giving him one more year to see how we would do? Everyone was back and, and healthy. I think throughout the season, I was hoping, I think we were all hoping that things would turn around. And uh, we had a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, players really step up and, and, and try to help us turn around. It just didn't happen. So I felt, you know, in taking all of those, the, the entire season in, into consideration, it was just time for a change. My hope was much different. Our hope a year ago was much different for how the 2022 season, uh, we just... We're hoping and planning that we would continue to progress. Instead, we regressed, and I think it just got to a point where it's time for a change. You talked about how, how difficult this, this day is for you. You know, like you kind of touched on, you know, because was first one here, last one to leave. You, you've been with this organization your whole life. Steve kind of gave half of his life to this organization. The emotional part, the, I mean, these are human beings. What's it like when, when you 
have to make these tough calls for you? Well, it, it, it's a tough call from a human standpoint. Um, you know, I think that when uh, when you work with people, you know, uh, they're, they're good people. And um, getting to know Cliff over the last several years, uh, what, a, what a great person he is. And I, I just feel like... Um, those are those. These are hard decisions, but at the end of the day, my job is is to make the right decision for this organization. What's in the best interest of it, and that's 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 where we are with Cliff, and obviously with with Steve stepping away, I accepted his resignation, and again, thank him for his contributions. You're listening to live coverage of Michael Bidwell's press conference here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm not going to get into details of uh, any of the candidates we're we're reaching out to, other than to, than to acknowledge that uh, I've done the two interviews. With the uh, one with uh, Adrian, one with Quentin. Would you do what it takes financially to um, get the best and biggest name as a coach to turn the ship around? I, I missed the first part of your question. Would you do what it takes financially? to get the biggest name and the best coach to turn the ship around? Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I, I, I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach. So I, I guess what I would say is I, I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team and uh, get this team turned around as fast as we can. Michael, why haven't you eat some of those contract extensions play into anything like that? Uh, no, it, it didn't, and um, and so when when you look at it, uh, n- nobody here is hitting the easy button and saying let's just let's just keep this thing going. Uh, you know, the, we'll live with the financial consequences. And uh, Cam, you guys don't have to worry about it. We'll take care of that. So we'll manage our way through it. Do you wonder if some coaches some GMs question whether that style of quarterback? Is sustainable in the league. I mean, we know what he's dealing with now, but he's had a bunch of injuries in his four seasons. Well, you know, I just go back to 13 months ago. We were 12 and two, and there were a lot of GMs and coaches around the league saying, "Holy cow, how are we going to deal with Kyler Murray?" And we just want to get him back to where he was. He was healthy, then. exactly. And so we'll get him back to healthy, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, moving forward. But I also recognize yesterday uh, we were beat by a team with a backup quarterback that was uh, injured, and they had a great team around him that was able to beat us. And uh, and and so. You know, Brock Purdy and, you know, some of the we got to be able to have that next man up mentality, including at the quarterback position. And hopefully Kyler doesn't have a, a season ending injury again and that we're able to keep him keep him healthy. What do you, what do you consider a coach who want to have a player personnel decision making authority? I think when you look at all the, um, the the models out there, there's there's a lot to get around coaching, and there's a lot around personnel, and that and and there's always that favorite question of, you know, who's in control of the roster. It's it's when you look at it, pretty much every team around the league, except for just a few exceptions, there's a real um, the partnership between the general manager and the and the head coach, and I think that's that's what we're looking for, rather than trying to dictate uh, something up front. 
Dan Bickley's agreed to pick up the financial consequences. So um, he, he laughed the hardest, Cam. I didn't mean to embarrass you. I will embarrass Dan, though. So. Okay. <laughs> How much input are you, if any, are you going to give Kyler moving forward with any of the decisions? Well, uh, we're in communication, and, uh, and and we should be talking later today. We're texted and, and either today or tomorrow. And so absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and have spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. Well, I think uh, I think I've learned something in every one of the the searches, and I think this time around we're gonna we're gonna learn more. Uh, again, I think it, the, the key is casting the uh, the net far and wide, uh, making sure that we've got somebody with a very good plan with the right leadership skills uh, that can come in, uh, not only at GM but also at, at, at head coach, uh, to make sure that we we build the kind of um, team and squad and roster uh, as well as. Uh, staff and, and plan on both the offense and defensive side of the ball to make sure that we can win the NFC West. And when I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're as broken as maybe people think. I mean, our record is terrible. But when you, you look at the talent on this team, we've got a lot of talent. We've just got to make sure that they're all playing together. Did Steve's resignation surprise you? Yeah, it was. Uh, it it was. Um, I, I don't want to get into details, but I, I didn't see that coming uh, earlier this year either. Did those conversations with Kyler include hope for or suggestion that he's here doing his rehab rehab during the offseason? Yes. You know, we're, we're, we're again. I haven't spoken to him, but that's that's what we'd like to see. How much authority do you want to have on player personnel? Are you willing to just give it all over to a general manager? Do you want to have uh, input on the decision making? Well, that that's largely the way it's been. I mean, normally the way I've uh, handled things is is. Um, you know, I want, I want to be. I want to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, and I think that's uh, appropriate for me. But I'm not making the decisions about who we're signing and re-signing and, and things like that. What would make you uh, go over and coach before you settle on a GM? Just availability, strike first. Well, I'm sure there are lots of factors. I haven't seen it yet, so that's why I say the preference is to hire a general manager first. So. Well, there's a lot of players, players from this year's roster. Where do you start in terms of evaluating the 2022 team going forward? Well, I, I don't know that I'll do the the evaluating. I'm going to let the general manager and coach do that. Um, but certainly, I think that um, you know I, I did feel like we had the talent uh, to win more games. The injuries really stacked up on us, and it was just unfortunate the way we performed. And and, uh, and disappointing. And so, again, that was why it was time for a change. You're listening to Michael Bidwell here on Arizona Sports, the right, local sports leader. Obviously, but is there any part of you that thinks maybe we need an outside voice in the organization after Yes, that's why we're casting the net far and wide. I want to be wide open and uh, open-minded about um, who is the best candidate. It's not necessarily going to be an internal candidate. Michael, you mentioned the interview of the internal candidate for the head coaching job. Is that Vance? And what do you see from him that 
could maybe make him a head coach. Yeah, I'm sorry if I, I I don't think I mentioned that, but if I did, I was mistaken. I I, I expect that we may uh, interview an internal candidate, uh, and I, I think we will. But uh, I have not. Uh, uh, we have not done that interview. And uh, but what I have done is is um, we've had the interviews with both Quentin Harris and uh, Adrian Wilson. For your head coach, do you want them to be more of a CEO instead of like you said you didn't matter if it's offensive or on the defensive side, but do you want them to call plays or would you like them to be more of that overarching role where they have a coordinator instead of the ball? I think it I, I th- again I think it depends on on the exact person and I, I don't want to have any uh, cookie cutter idea about what what that model is and what works best um, but it's really going to be about I want and that's why the preference is to have the GM on board first so that they can help with the evaluation of who who the best uh, coach will be and what that style is going to be why do you think this franchise has not been able to have a coach last more than Six seasons over the hundred years um, within this organization. What do you think you need to see the most to hopefully find more longevity with the head coaching position? Well, I look forward to uh, our next head coach having a lot of success and uh, and 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 being with us for a long, long time, and um, bringing a uh, the kind of winning team to this community that we can all be proud of. And I look forward to that. I thank you for your time and your questions this afternoon, and I'm going to uh, proceed on with the uh, with the searches. Thank you. That was our live coverage live from Cardinals headquarters down in Tempe of Michael Bidwell, the president and principal owner of the Arizona Cardinals and the news coming down today. Cliff Kingsbury fired as head coach of the Cardinals. Steve Keim stepping down as general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Gambo, I can see you over there. You're chomping at the bit with stuff to say. And so we're going to take a break because we've gone nearly a half hour without one. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our reaction of exactly what we think about what Michael had to say. That's all next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Quick! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! We're a little off clock today, as it were, so with uh, all apologies to Eric, we will skip the Sports Center update here because we just carried a half hour of Michael Bidwell speaking from the Cardinals headquarters down in Tempe on the firing of Cliff Kingsbury, the resignation of Steve Kime. We'll kind of get things back in order, Twitter poll question, things like that. But we just went a whole half hour listening to Michael talk about the openings. And Gambo, your first reaction, what, what did you hear that stuck with you the most, would you say? Um, very simple to me that eating those contracts was not going to have an impact on hiring the best coach and general manager. Now, he didn't say, you know, the most expensive guy is the best guy, but he said it's not going to have an impact. Look, they're eating $50 million, okay? Michael Bidwell's eating $50 million. What I'm hearing is Cliff makes about seven and a half a year, Steve makes about five a year. Okay, so now I don't know if uh, now Cliff is fully guaranteed. Steve is the interesting one on that, right? Yeah, it could, it could be. I mean, is there cause? He resigned, so he did resign. So does that mean that he's resigning from getting paid? Maybe he doesn't get paid. If that's the case, then you're just eating the $30 million on, on Cliff. I don't know if Steve's contract is fully guaranteed. I don't know if there's cause. I don't know if he just resigned and just said, okay, no more. Uh, and I'm good. I, I don't know that. Uh, what I do know is that Cliff's money 
four years is fully guaranteed, and that's about seven and a half million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, that's a big, that's a big, big amount of money to have to eat on something like that. Um, I that's think, the price of doing business. Of course, you know? no, that's well, that's right. The, we keep bringing this up, but there was a story that you brought up a couple of weeks ago that basically, if you canvas all thirty-two teams in the National yep. Football League right now, the running tally for how much money you're spending to make general managers and coaches go away is about eight hundred million dollars. Yeah, and it's probably like nine hundred now yeah. after the fire. Right, right. Yeah, everything went down today. Right. Although it hasn't been as bad a Black Friday, quite frankly, as some people were expecting. Nothing's happened in New Orleans. Nothing's happened in Washington. Uh, nothing's happened in Indianapolis yet with Jeff Saturday. Right. I mean, there, there hasn't been like I think the big shakeup we're waiting for is what happens with the Rams and McVay. Does anything happen with Staley if they Dallas. go one and done? Dallas, boy, if they that go was one and done. Terrible. What happened with them yesterday and how they played? Well, let me ask you the same question. Then. What was because the biggest takeaway for me was it doesn't seem like Michael is afraid to spend money to get the right people in place. What was your biggest takeaway? Yes, on the question about the outside voice. We want to be open-minded. We're not just going to be looking at internal candidates. That, to me, is that lip service. Is that saying what people want to hear? Because Michael alluded to this. Early in the press conference, he alluded to you know this idea that he's always kind of had Steve by his side during these coaching searches, right? Right. He doesn't anymore. This makes it a very new experience to him in regards to that trusted voice that he has next to him kind of guiding him through this process and I and I because I, I think that there is a real belief among the fan base and not that this is why you should do it I think there's a real belief among the fan base that this organization needs to go outside needs to go outside for everything they totally need to bring agree. a new GM they totally need to bring agree. a new coach just a new culture somebody that can create a new Michael mentioned culture I uh, also mentioned regression which is the biggest word in Phoenix sports over the last year is regress <laughs> everybody's regressed everybody's re- Kyler's regressed, the team's regressed, the you've sons regressed. have regressed. I mean, honestly. Have I regressed? Oh, as a talk show host over the last six months, Man. you've really regressed, Gamble. God, really, I, <laughs> no, regressed. Sorry. He mentioned regressed. I'm like, let me write that down. It regressed. Um, but I think that everybody is going to want, an, you want to establish a new culture? you got to bring new people in, okay? you got to bring new people in. I do. I mean, if you if you come back with Quinton or A-Dub and Vance Joseph, I'm not saying it's the same old, same old. Those guys will make minor changes. But if you truly want a culture change, like a true culture change, you're going to want to reach reach out and bring in new people yep. that have no ties to the organization at that all. That was the most important part of what was said to me. All right? Because uh, Sean Payton, Sean Payton's a wonderful dream. And if it happens, that's great. But I, I would caution Cardinals fans not to fix just on Sean Payton and not to think that this is going to be a failure if they don't get Sean Payton because it's going to be hard to get him. It's going to be expensive. It's going to cost you draft picks. I, I don't know what level of compensation the Saints are going to require, but it's, it's not going to be easy to get him. Well, I, I thought that that should have been a question at the press conference today. Would you be willing to give up draft pick compensation to hire a coach? You didn't even have to say Sean Payton's name, but then Michael could have answered that. You know, He didn't. I, I kind of. Uh, it, that's a really good point. I kind of felt like that was part of the question, are you willing to pay for the biggest name on the market? And here's what he said to that. Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach. So I I guess what I would say is I I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team and uh, get this team turned around as fast as we can. But to your point, specifically, I think you're right. A question would have been appropriate. What level of draft 
compensation are you willing to consider right. to get your future head are coach? Are you willing to consider are draft pick compensation? Right. You've are got you the, even willing to consider that? Sure. You've got the third pick in the draft. You've got great picks. Which I'm not giving up for Sean Payton. I'm not giving that up for Sean yeah, Payton. You There's know, no way I'm doing that. I, I, and I don't think you're alone on that one, and I wouldn't either. It's it's You know what's too bad about it is that if you waited a month or two, you could probably turn the third pick into multiple first-round picks if you wanted to, and then you might have the ammunition to go get Sean Payton, but it's not going to work that way. You're going to have to hire Sean Payton first yeah. before you make that trade. Mm-hmm. I almost think you need to make that trade to be able to hire Sean Payton so you have multiple first-round picks at your disposal to use. What else stood out He to you? did say that the preference is to hire a GM first, yeah. but yes. if they had to hire a coach, then he would hire a coach. I thought that was pretty interesting as as well, that he did say that the you know the the, the we, we what we want to do is we want to hire the GM first and then the coach, but we're not afraid of hiring the right coach if that guy comes first. He also uh, would not, and I I think if I remember right, and I'm sure somebody from the organization will tell me if I'm wrong on this, he didn't want to give any details of the candidates they're talking to. Wouldn't disclose it, and I believe that's somewhat of a departure from the past, where where you and I have been through Andy a lot Reed. Of, right where they were literally naming names. Andy right? Reid, and they would say, "Hey, we had this guy in today. We had that guy in yesterday. We're having this guy in next week." Right? Yeah, they, they, the Andy Reid story. They fire Ken Wisenhunt. And Michael, in a similar sounding press conference, announces that day, we've reached out to Andy Reid. And it was a very transparent search. The only transparency on this one was the acknowledgement of speaking to Quentin Harris, the acknowledgement of speaking to Adrian Wilson, and then the admission that they've spoken to somebody outside the organization. But beyond that, Michael made it pretty clear he didn't really want to name names in terms of what they would be looking for. I tell you, he said it's going to be different than the past, and that'll be different. They'll try to keep everything in-house and not let people know about it. Obviously, agents will let everybody know because agents want, if you're an agent of an assistant GM, you're going to want to make it known that people are looking at your guy. So you're going to get it out there. You're going to call Adam Schefter and you're going to say, my guy's going to have an interview because you're going to want that name out there because then that name becomes hot and you're going to think, because other people may look at him. So agents' responsibilities, they they need to make sure that their guy's names get out there. Yeah, and I don't know if this, I don't know if Michael is, doing a breakdown with the writers now that this is done. I'm looking at the Twitter accounts of Kent Summers and Darren Urban, and maybe this is just semantics, or maybe he said this during the press conference and I missed it, but Michael said that Steve Keim is no longer with the organization. The announcement earlier was that he had left the general manager's position, maybe leaving some ambiguity out there as to whether he was still a resignation. Yeah. Yeah, he is no longer with the organization. He's not there anymore. The other thing that I think stood out to me was Kyler. Yes, I'll be talking with him later today. Yes, we exchange text messages. Yes, we'd like him to rehab here, be closer to the organization, right? That sort of that that, that the Kyler element to all of this, how much Say is probably the wrong word, but how much influence is Kyler going to have in this decision? How much input do you search? Do you consider him a leader? Because he said he spoke to leaders of the team. Do you consider Kyler a leader of the team? He wears it has to be. He wears a captaincy, doesn't he? So talked about. You hope they're not giving those out for nothing, right? They want to get the most out of the players. They spoke to the leaders about the culture. I mean, listen, the first guy you go to is Buddha. Yes. You go to Buda and you I, say, hey. I'll, go ahead, finish you your know, thought. I'm you, sorry. You know, what, what do we need to do? You want to win more than anybody in this. There's nobody in the team that wants to win more than Buda does. You know, what would you do to change this? So, I mean, I think you, you reach out to a couple of the guys you trust the most and you feel are leaders of the organization. You, you go to them. Second guy I go to, he's not with the organization anymore. J.J. Watt? Watt. Damn right. 
who said yesterday during his farewell press conference that he had some thoughts on the organization. He didn't think that was the proper venue to share his thoughts about the organization and kind of what they need to do. That is absolutely a call I'm making if I'm Michael, if I haven't already. Hey, JJ, you're you're a first ballot guy. What do you, you've been here for two years. You got a good long look at how our organization works. What do you think? What do we need to do better? Where can we improve? Oh, absolutely. I'm Mike, and Michael talked about, man, we were 13 months ago. We were like, what, what did he say? We were, we were 12 and 2 13 months ago. Yep. Well, I mean, so much has changed in those 13 months, though. And I tell you, if there's one quote that probably will be the headline in tomorrow's paper or on, on today's website, quote, I don't know if we're as broken as people think, close quote. He said that and... Yeah, like I just immediately, yep, wrote it down, underlined yeah. it, point an arrow to it. I don't. What are you seeing that we? We we think you're pretty broken. You look pretty broken. You from can't here. win home games. You've got to t- fire two coaches for off-field conduct. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you know, your your coach had your GM had to take a leave of absence for a month, and he resigned. Your coach just got fired. Have to get a new. There's a there's a lot that's broken about this. That's why I think, and Michael talked about teams that turned it around quick, you know, to turn around quickly. I don't think it's a quick turnaround. No, I, I don't. I mean, there are some that can do it. I don't think this is a quick turnaround. No, I don't. I don't believe so either. The countdown to Super Bowl Fifty Seven has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Yes, I said in person. Text the word "super" to six twenty six twenty to register, and then listen for your name starting February sixth, and you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events: the FanDuel party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience. So again, text. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's all access, and it's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. So, what's next for the Cardinals organization? Names that they've spoken to, we'll share them with you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Uh, We have uh, Eric Ruby here with us, who's um, also the co-host of our Cards Corner podcast, which is available for downloads. You can hear more things Cardinals, all things Cardinals. If you want more Cardinals content, he and Tyler Drake drop that every single week. So I do an emergency episode today. Might be putting one out there later tonight. We did one last night. Yeah, one tonight too. Mm -hmm. Blast it out there, big day, Michael Bidwell. With his press conference, it's just wrapped up. You heard it live here. We'll be reacting to it and talking about kind of what's next all day long. I imagine we'll also sprinkle in a little playoff talk. It was a pretty monumental day yesterday in the NFL with everything that broke and the way things went down. But for now, let's focus on the future of the Cardinals. What's our poll question today? The Cardinals season is over, and they now have two key positions that they need to fill this offseason. This is not a question of which will be filled first. This is a question of which is most important, head coach or general manager? GM. GM's the most important. I would wholeheartedly agree. I think general manager is most important. Got to have the players. Got to have the right players. Got to have the groceries. Mm, Got it. This one, rolling with you guys, 57.7% going with GM as well. That means 42.3% think the head coach is more important than the GM. I mean, you make an argument for the head coach because the head coach ultimately is the one who's going to extract the most out of Kyler Murray. 
I mean, that's of obvious, crucial importance the GM, over the next two years. Yeah, let the GM hire the coach that's going to get the most out right. of Kyler. It's part of the process. But the GM is going to hire the coach, yeah. and the GM is going to populate the roster with the players who are also going to get the most out of it. Yeah, I, I think that that a new voice at general manager is something that we're all anxious to see what that looks like and how that manifests itself and how that, in terms of roster and things like that, how that looks. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. And again, um, for more Cardinals content, go look for his Cardinals Corner podcast. He and Tyler Drake do a tremendous job putting that together and might even have an emergency session tonight. Michael Bidwell earlier today, you better believe there's a sense of urgency right now. Oh, yes. There's an incredible sense of urgency. And uh, believe me, I've been... uh, uh, like I said, on the phone and exchanging texts and messages and phone calls and uh, and getting the input of um, a lot of folks and trying to get a 360-degree view of a number of candidates. And we're also not done looking at it. Um, you know, there is no fixed list at this point. I'm trying to throw the, the net, cast the net as far and wide as I can. He... Indicated today he's already interviewed two internal candidates for general manager. Uh, they are, of course, Quentin Harrison, Adrian Wilson, who have been acting as co-GMs for the last few weeks since Steve has been on his medical leave. One external candidate for general manager. He did not reveal the name of that no, person. No, so I don't know who that is. Um, he later clarified, in case he misspoke, and I don't believe that he did, that um, they would like to interview, and they, they could interview an internal candidate candidate for coach. That is likely Vance Joseph, but they have not yet up until this point. So we wanted to clarify and make sure he didn't misspoke. Now, you mentioned this earlier, and you're so spot on about this. If Michael's not going to give us the names, the agents of these people are very much going to want their names out there. Very much. Right? Very much going to want to know that, that their clients are hot commodities, and you better schedule an interview with them. So that being said, the three reported names so far that the Cardinals at least have interest in or interviews requests in for are Ian Cunningham, he's the assistant general manager of the Chicago Bears, Rand Carthon, who's the director of player personnel for the San Francisco 49ers, and Adam Peters, the assistant general manager for the San Francisco 49ers as well. I read up a little on Ian Cunningham. He attended that NFL's Accelerator program that Michael was referring to, the one in which minority candidates kind of, it was sort of an open forum where you could meet them, get to know them, to accelerate their advancement through the ranks of the National Football League. And Ian Cunningham was one of those who attended that session. You know, you, you look at, you know, the Bears, you know, are not a very good football program. The 49ers are, right? And the 49ers, so you look at the, you know, Rand Carthon and Adam Peters coming from San Francisco and not knowing enough about these guys, director of player personnel, assistant GMs, you do look at the organizations they're from and, and how those organizations are run because you want guys that come from quality organizations that have a track record of winning, that have a culture of winning. And so that would excite me about the 49ers guys, not to say that Ian Cunningham might not be, you know, might, he might be a great general manager. He is assistant GM right now, but I do like the, you know, reaching out to that branch of the 49ers with all the success that they've it's had. It's a great point, and, and, and not having ever met him, he could walk in here right now and I wouldn't know who Ian Cunningham is. I, I will say this, this is only his first or second year with the Chicago Bears. He has worked primarily with the Ravens and the Eagles, and that's kind of, and the Ravens, you think of, you think of Ozzie Newsome. Yep. 
who was one of the great general managers of our time in terms of roster building. And, of course, the Eagles, who won a Super Bowl back in 2017 and are the number one seed this year. So, obviously, he had a hand in that as well. I would agree. You, you look at the team that they came from and you go, eh, the Chicago Bears. But, but Eagles and Ravens before that, yeah. sure. I mean, there, there is a resume where you have to consider some of the other people that Ian Cunningham might have worked look, with. The, the first question I asked these guys is, how are you going to get the how are you going to, you know, build this team? And, and, and with coaches, how are you going to get the most out of Kyler Murray? I've got a 200 and something million dollar investment in Kyler Murray. How am I going to get the most out of him? And with the GMs, you want to ask them, look, you know, what, what are you going to do to change the culture? You know, what are you going to do, you know, to get, we want to have draft picks that stay. Not that, you know, that a, I was reading about the Jets with, uh, with Williams. They were talking about how they haven't had a, they haven't extended a first round pick in a long, long time. Like you want to be able to extend play. You want to hire, you know, uh, draft the right kid to the point where you like them so much you want to keep them. You got to have good drafts. You got what's your plan on building through free agency in the draft? And what's your, your, what do you think is the thing we need to do the most? I want to hear somebody say, we got to build from the inside out. We got to have a strong offensive line, a strong defensive line. We're going to put all our resources into building a line that's going to protect Kyle Murray, um, you know, to protect him and give him the best chance. We're going to build a defensive line. It's going to wreak havoc on quarterbacks and put pressure. Like, I want to hear that from a general manager. Rand Carthen, you mentioned him from the 49ers. He also attended the NFL's accelerator program. So I don't want to just put Ian Cunningham in that. He's now, now he's. Uh, and I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I'm stealing this point off of uh, Johnny Venerable off of Twitter because he tweeted it out. He works with PHNX Sports, and it's an interesting thought. Rain Carthon, it, Director of Player Personnel for the 49ers, I would have to imagine that would put you in the running for D'Amico Ryans if that's something you want to be in the running for. Right. You know, given their connection together with the 49ers, it's not necessarily given, but certainly you look, you look at the roster building with the 49ers. Now, in some ways, they've done it differently, right? They've given up a lot of draft picks. They've they've sacrificed draft picks in order to get kind of established players. But there's another way to look at that. Okay, go ahead. Finish. But they've also drafted very, very well. What was the way you were going to look at it? Is that they've also gotten a lot of draft picks because a lot of their coaches have been hired. Robert Salas Sal was hired by the Jets. Uh, Martin Mayhew with the with the with Washington as a GM. Mike McDaniel uh, got hired by the Dolphins. He was the offensive coordinator. So point. they have received you know five third round picks because of that program. Now that you were talking about because of the hiring, because the, the defensive coordinator, Robert Salah, got hired, because their ex-personnel executive, Martin Mayhew, got hired as the Washington GM, because Mike McDaniel's now the head coach in Miami. So you, you kind of look at that. Obviously, they're doing something right in San Francisco to have GMs and coaches get hired elsewhere. So I think that that's a great place to look is in San Francisco. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we remind you first, you can text us your Thoughts on the FanDuel text line. Text us at 620-620 right now. Say it would be a good day to text us your thoughts because I imagine we'll read some of those on the air. We want to get as much input as we can. Michael Bidwell met with the media moments ago to address the current state of his football team. We'll go a little deeper into some of the things that stood out the most to us. We react and you'll hear from Michael Bidwell and some cuts from him. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.